Welcome to Go Green Radio, brought to you by Covanta Energy. Reduce, reuse, recycle, rethink renewable energy and energy from waste. This program will help start you thinking about how to protect our world and its important resources. Now here's the host for Go Green Radio, Jill Buck. I'm so glad that you could tune in because we are going to be talking about a very important and very current situation that's going on in one of our large urban cities on the East Coast, Newark, New Jersey. In fact, they are the largest city in the state of New Jersey, and the levels of lead in their drinking water are some of the highest recently recorded by a large water system in the United States. And so we are going to be talking with May Wu today. She's a senior attorney for the Natural Resources Defense Council. Council, uh, their health program that's NRDC. I love having the NRDC on our show because between their attorneys and their scientists, we can get to the bottom of whatever hot topic we're covering. And today, it's one that directly impacts the precious children um, and, and all the community of Newark, New Jersey. So May, welcome to Go Green Radio. I'm so glad that you could join us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Well, let's start at the beginning. How high are the lead levels in Newark's drinking water, and and how do they compare to other communities? Yeah, they're really high. Um, As you had mentioned, um, they are um, some of the highest recently recorded levels of lead in drinking water in the whole country. Um, And, in fact, in the sampling that they had to do in Newark under requirements under the law. Um, in 2017, they found that about 20% of the samples that they had tested had lead levels above 27 parts per billion. And that is almost twice as high as what the federal action level is, which is 15 parts per billion. Um, and then there were even some individual samples um, that were taken that were, say, three to nine times higher than that federal action level of 15 parts per billion. And the trend seems to have just continued into 2018. And in fact, there was a recent result in one home that was as high as 299 parts per billion. Um, So they're seeing some really high levels um, and it is concerning. It is. And how does that compare to, you know, some of the other communities around them or communities of similar similar size? I mean, um, how unusual or typical is this? Give us some perspective on that. Um, It's definitely, like I said, the highest that we've seen in a lot um, lot of large water systems. Um, Just by comparison, um, the average about that, you know, that 27 parts per billion that I mentioned earlier is about what they found in Flint for their average number. So there were some individual homes in Flint that were way higher, but, you know, kind of this 10% number was about the same. Um, and so it's, it's definitely on the high end of what you would see in um, these large communities. Wow, that is really, that's really scary. Now, what is the cause of the lead in Newark's drinking water? Because I know, you know, lead can end up in the water supply in a number of different ways. What is it that's causing their issue? It's very likely one of two places that it's coming from. Um, it's either probably the most um, most of it most likely coming from the lead service lines. And what lead what service lines are are basically the pipe that runs from your house to the water main that runs down the street. Um, and oftentimes that smaller pipe, it's called the service line, is made out of um, in older cities. It's made out of lead or it contains lead in it. Um, and what happens is that if the water that's going through that service line is corrosive, then it can cause the lead that's in that pipe to leach out, and then it gets into the water that then comes out of the tap. Um, and so that is a likely one of the big sources of the lead um, that we're finding in the tap water samples. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is you know, mainly because Newark isn't treating the water the right way. They should be putting chemicals in the water that prevent that water from corroding those lead service lines. There's a second possible source of lead, which is um, what's called premise plumbing, and that would be the fixtures and the pipes that are actually inside the house. So, you know, some of the older faucets um, and pipes also used to be made with lead or contain lead, um, or there's solder that's used to um, 
you know, to join the pipes together um, that might be, that might contain lead. So all of those are also possible sources of lead in the water. Got it. Now, how long has this been going on in Newark and, and who knew about it? Yeah, great question. Um, as at least as early as 2017, um, Newark should have known about it um, because they had received notices that they were not complying with the rules for lead um, from the New Jersey's Department of Environmental Protection. Um, and that was because you know, the sampling that they were required to do showed that they were exceeding that federal action level that I had mentioned earlier, the 15 parts per billion. Um, and so the state had sent them notices that they were not um, complying with those rules. Um, NRDC and other groups in Newark um, sent a letter to the mayor and to the director of the water utility later in 2017 reiterating that they were um, exceeding this 15 parts per billion action level. So, but, you know, we, we believe that they actually already knew before they got the letter from us. Um, we had a meeting with them also in 2017 um, to talk about it. So definitely at some point, at least early 2017, they knew about this specific problem. But um, NRDC actually did a report 15 years ago looking at tap water quality around the country, and Newark was one of the cities that the report focused on. And even back then, 15 years ago, they had elevated levels of lead in their water, and at the time, they said that they were in the process of fixing it. Um, But as it appears now, that didn't actually do all the things that they needed to do to prevent the lead from getting into the water. And 15 years is almost a whole generation of children. I mean, that's that's shocking. Um, Now, when you say they receive a letter from the New Jersey DEP, who exactly is they? Who would be the person receiving that letter? Um, Well, it should have been at least the mayor, and mm-hmm. of the city of Newark, but also the director of the water utility there. Um, oh. That's, you know, who's actually in charge of making sure that the water is being treated and is in compliance with the different um, rules um, that there are on the quality of tap water. So, um, you know, that's who should have actually received um, these letters of noncompliance. Got it. Now, you mentioned treating the water. Are there, are there some other mm-hmm. things that could be done or should have been done to prevent lead exposure for Newark residents? Yeah, so um, like you said, the first and foremost is making sure that the water is treated with these what are called corrosion inhibitors to make sure that the water isn't so corrosive. Um, but like I said, you know, the lead service lines are probably the biggest source of the problem. Um, and really, the corrosion control is, um, is not a guarantee because there are still lots of things that could happen, um, you know, when that, say, like a heavy truck rolls over um, a street, it could cause some of that film, that protective film that's created from flaking off and getting into the water. So really, the only way to guarantee that lead um, is not getting into the water is to fully get rid of those lead service lines. And so um, full lead service line replacements would have also prevented this big problem. Um, One of the problems is that a lot of places, um, Newark included, talk about how they're unable to replace the entire service line all the way from the street to the house because they claim that they don't own those lines and that it's the property owner's job to responsibility um, to replace those. And so sometimes they'll just replace part of it, like the part that just runs on the street. Um, and that's actually even more dangerous um, because for a variety of like chemical reasons and things like that, it can actually cause more lead to leach out when you do a partial replacement. And so that one home that I mentioned earlier that had almost 300 parts per billion Mm -hmm. um, of lead in their water had had this partial replacement done. Um, So they need to not do those and they need to fully replace the lead service lines. Wow. Uh, That's the first that I've ever heard of it. That's why I love having NRDC on the show. You guys... (laughs) You guys give us the the full 
you know, the full panoramic understanding of the situation. Now, um, help us understand once officials in Newark had this information, what were they supposed to do in terms of notifying residents and did they? Yeah, so once um, all of this happens, it triggers a requirement that they need to notify all of the bill-paying customers um, about, you know, the sampling results and what it means, like what are the health impacts of having lead in the water and um, things like that, Um, just kind of a public education type um, requirement. And we believe that they didn't actually notify all the customers that they should have. Um, we're not sure how many. It could be anywhere between 220,000 customers didn't actually get those notifications. Um, but on top of the fact that they didn't notify as many people as they should have, they were even denying that there was a problem when they knew there was a problem, um, you know, and telling residents that the water was safe and that it was some of the best water in the state and some of the best water in the country. Um, and that was really misleading, um, you know, when you're talking about knowing that there are high levels of lead coming out of people's taps. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah. I know that a lot of cities contract, you know, for water services. How does that relationship for contracted, you know, water services um, impact a city's responsibility to its residents under the Safe Water Drinking Act and other mandates that they would have when a problem like this is known? Um, I mean, that doesn't change the requirements. Um you know, you still have to do the sampling that's required and still have to notify your customers when, you know, different trigger, when different contaminant levels trigger the requirement. So, um, yeah, so they should have, you know, they didn't do what they were supposed to do as far as notifying their customers. Mm-hmm. That You can't outsource that responsibility, in other words. Right. Yeah. Got it. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll have so much more with May about what's going on with the drinking water in Newark, New Jersey. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. 
Welcome back to Go Green Radio. I'm so glad that you could tune in. And if you're just tuning in, let me catch you up on what we're talking about today. Our guest is Mei Wu. She is a senior attorney with the health program for the Natural Resources Defense Council in RDC. And we're talking about the drinking water crisis going on in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, They've got elevated levels of lead um, reported in uh, various to various extents um, in the city. And we're talking about um, th- that situation, but also what the NRDC is doing to help uh, the residents of Newark. So, May, I kind of want to back up just a smidge here. So, for the sake of our listeners who know that generally it's it's bad and it's unhealthy to have lead in the drinking water, but um, may not understand exactly what the dangers of lead exposure are. Won't you um, give us an overview of how lead impacts the human body and is especially harmful to children? And, and also, I think an important part of this, too, is to answer the question, are the effects of lead poisoning reversible? So what can you tell us, sure. May? Yeah. um, So every major medical organization from the World Health Organization to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to the American Academy of Pediatrics all agree that there's no safe level of lead exposure. Um, And even at very low levels, lead can cause serious irreversible damage to the developing brains and to the nervous systems of babies and young children. And what that means is it can cause, you know, a child's cognitive capacity to be diminished or um, it can create behavior problems later on or limit their ability to concentrate. So all of the kinds of things that you would expect would affect how they learn and how they behave in school. Um, And, you know, they found that, Infants who rely on baby formula um, can receive more than 85% of their exposure to lead from drinking water. Um, And because, again, the human brain isn't really, uh, has very little capacity to repair itself, it's often untreatable and irreversible. But there are some kinds of, say, educational and nutritional interventions um, that you may be able to do if you catch it soon enough um, to help these children kind of um, deal with the um, longer-term impacts of the lead poisoning. But, you know, in addition to um, babies and young children, pregnant women can also, um, you know, if they're exposed to lead, it can also affect the fetus. Um, and so it's been it's been found to affect you know levels um, for in fetuses that translate into the babies and young children, um, but can also even cause miscarriages or stillbirths and infertility. Um, and so that's all the those are the impacts that are the most concerning to us when we're talking about especially lead in um, lead in the drinking water and we're talking about babies drinking formula or children drinking a lot more water than um, adults do for their body size. Um, but even for otherwise healthy adults, there are also, you know, potential impacts such as, you know, cardiovascular effects or kidney effects, um, elevated blood pressure, things like that. But um, it really is the impact on developing brains that is the most concerning. Got it. Now, Newark residents have been concerned about their children's exposure to lead for a long time. Um, Give us a little background on the struggle that they've had with this issue. Yeah, so, you know, these high levels of lead that we're finding in the drinking water are really concerning in Newark because it just compounds all of the other concerns from other exposures to lead um, in Newark. And so there was a study, um, I want to say maybe 2016, um, where they found that the city of Newark had the greatest number of children with elevated levels of um, lead in their blood compared to any other municipality in New Jersey. Um, And so I think it was about 13% of New Jersey's kids who were under the age of six with elevated blood lead levels lived mm-hmm. in Newark. Um, yeah. So there are other, like I said, there are other sources of lead. So it might not just be lead in the drinking water. It could come from lead paint, which was used um, up in through the 60s and 70s. Um, 
It could be from lead in the soil. Um, So there are other ways that children in Newark are also exposed to lead. Um, And they face other health challenges, too, because there are other environmental burdens um, like air pollution um, that cause asthma and other things that might cause, you know, lost time at school um, that are just adding to this burden on the poor kids in, in Newark. Well, and you guys at the Natural Resources Defense Council, NRDC, you guys are fighting for Newark. Tell us what your organization is doing and how the Newark Education Workers Caucus is also involved. Sure, yeah. Um, Well, so we've actually... um I mean, the lawsuit that we have filed is the most recent thing that's happening, but even back in 2016, when um, testing showed that there were 30 public schools in Newark that had elevated levels of lead in their water, um, our um, my colleagues at NRDC were working with them and the community organizations there on that issue. Um, and so um, then... You know, when these data started coming out showing the elevated levels of lead in the um, tap water in people's homes, then we met with the city um, along with those community groups um, to talk to the city about this problem and had sent a letter to them and to the mayor about all of these issues. Um, and so when... Well, we eventually got stonewalled, and then you know the city stopped talking to us. Um, we met with the New Caucus, um, which is a group of educators who teach in Newark's public schools about the crisis, and you know they expressed their interest in joining as clients to our lawsuit. Um, and so, you know, their interest really in this lawsuit is both because they have an increased risk of exposure to the elevated levels of lead in drinking water in their families, and um, uh, but also because their jobs as educators are now going to be more difficult if you have increased incidences of, say, behavior and developmental problems that are associated with the childhood lead exposure. So in June, um, NRDC members and the new caucus um, brought a lawsuit against um, Newark, against the mayor, um, against New Jersey Department of um, Environmental Protection, um, because of their failure to treat the water properly, to notify the um, residents about the problems, to monitor properly for tap and lead water, um, tap for lead in the tap water. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, we had um, done requests and asked for public records under New Jersey's Open Public Records Act, where you can ask the city and or ask the state to you know, give records on different issues. And um, around that same time, you know, a judge had found that the city was engaging in a pattern and practice of unlawfully withholding the public records that we were requesting. So um, all of that combined um, basically to have us bring these, this lawsuit so that we can um, push the city to do the right thing. Wow, that's that's awesome. I you guys do great yeah. work um, on behalf of of these, you know, otherwise in many ways defenseless families. Um, I read right. that the city does have plans to provide water filters. Um, talk to us about the details of what this action will entail and who will be affected. Yes. So um, just a couple of weeks ago, um, so after the citizens had to actually bring a suit um, against the city, the city finally said that they were going to start handing out 40,000 filters um, to residents who had lead service lines or suspected lead service lines. Um, And we're not totally sure because everything's still a little unclear on how the city's actually doing all of this. Um, They Mm -hmm. may also be giving them to families with pregnant women and small children, um, and they've recommended that um, infants and children under the age of six um, use bottled water. But as far as we can tell, there's still a lot of problems with how the city is doing this filter distribution. Mm -hmm. So first of all, they're saying they're giving it to all the people who have lead service lines, but one of the problems is they don't know who all has lead service lines. They know some of them, but we think that there's at least 5,000 homes where they haven't even characterized what the service line material is. 
Um, and so how they're deciding whether or not somebody has or doesn't have a lead service line is a little unclear to us. Um, they've also said that residents who live in homes that were constructed after 1986 don't need a filter because um, after 90, 1986, service lines were not allowed to be made with lead. But mm-hmm. a lot of those homes may have just been like teardowns and then building a new home on top of um, mm-hmm. you know, property where an older home was. So it's not clear you know, if they had actually torn out those lead service lines right. when they rebuilt the house on top of it. Again, it's really unclear what kind of list they're using and how they're deciding whether somebody actually has a lead service line. And we've heard from our clients that people are being refused filters because they can't prove they have a lead service line. Oh, um, wow. And, yeah. And another problem, I have a few. <laughs> a few there are yeah, problems. go on. Um, <laughs> yeah, is that, like I mentioned, lead service lines aren't necessarily the only potential source of lead in drinking water. So even if you don't have a lead service line, you could have plumbing inside your house, right? You could have the faucets right. or the pipes inside the house that might have lead. And in fact, the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection said that Newark ought to provide filters to residents who have lead plumbing. But again, we're hearing reports that Newark is only giving it to those homes with lead service lines and not to those with lead plumbing. Um, and then finally, like, I wouldn't say most concerning, but equally concerning is that um, they are telling people, say, in the East Ward, which part of the city, um, they're saying that they don't have a problem, so they are refusing to give filters to people who live in the East Ward, even though there were data that showed that there were homes in the East Ward that had levels of up to like 180 parts per billion of lead. Um, so there's a, there are a lot of problems that we are seeing so far and hearing about with this filter distribution thing. Um, and, and so, you know, we actually have um, a hotline that we've created because part of our lawsuit and allegations is that Newark isn't doing enough to protect the residents. And so if there are residents who have been trying to get testing or who have been trying to get filters and can't get them, we have a phone number and an email address that um, they could call. Okay, great. So the phone number is 212-727-4641. And the email address is safewater, the number four, Newark, so safewater for Newark, at mm-hmm. nrdc.org. And Great. we are really interested in hearing about anybody who's having trouble getting in touch with the city or, you know, hearing back you from them. It. We've already heard some stories. Well, we're going to actually so. put that out again in the next segment. I want to make sure people get that, but we've got to take a quick okay. commercial break. When we come back, we have so much more with May on this issue, so don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. News. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%? 43%? Or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. 
live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all join us and so glad that our guest today could join us, Mei Wu. She is a senior attorney um, with the health program of the Natural Resources Defense Council in RDC. We're talking about a community that's near and dear to my heart, Newark, New Jersey. I love uh, working with the schools there, have for a few years, and um, the kids there are are just, they own a huge piece of real estate in my heart. Um, And so what's going on there with their drinking water and the lead levels that they are experiencing um, is is breaking my heart. And so that's what we're talking about today because the NRDC has joined forces with the Newark Education Workers Caucus um, to to bring action against those who need to be making the situation right and creating uh, safe drinking water conditions for the residents of Newark. Um, May, back in August of this year, I know NRDC asked a federal court to issue an emergency order that would provide safe drinking water to the city's most vulnerable residents. Give us an update on that court order or that action. Yeah, sure. So um, originally there was supposed to be a hearing on that um, on our request um, uh, last week, but that um, was postponed. And so we're in the process of discovery now. Um, and also just to see if there's some agreement that we can come to with Newark on how to fix this problem. Um, and so right now is the part where we're trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, what is going on and, and w- you know, what they know and what they're doing and what they'll plan to do. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, NRDC has teamed up with some community partners in Newark to provide water filters and replacement cartridges to some residents. Um, tell us more about that program and how residents can qualify. And, and I will say, I did read that residents must have lead levels above 10 parts per billion, but I'm not sure how residents obtain that information. Are they testing their own water or is this being done some other way? Sure. Um, So, right. um, Long before Newark, um, you know, got the filters that they're handing out to the residents now, um, we had actually, NRDC had purchased about 1,400 filters and replacement cartridges. Um, And then we teamed up with the community groups in Newark and really left it up to their discretion about how to distribute the filters in their communities. Um, And so we didn't require any testing results or anything like that. Um, But we gave some criteria and some suggestions for how they might want to distribute them. So um, it could be that, you know, somebody who lives in a home that's tested above a 10 parts per billion, and that could have been, say, because they had the testing done as required under law by Newark, or um, maybe if they had used, um, there's some kits that people can use. Um, for example, there's a group called Healthy Babies Bright Futures, um, mm-hmm. where you can get a test kit of your own, and you take a sample and send it back to them, and they'll test it for you. Um, or... One of the other criteria we suggested were residents who lived in a home with lead service lines or lead plumbing or residents who lived in a home with a child or with a pregnant woman. Um, But like I said, we really left it up to the community group to decide how to actually distribute those, um, the filters to, Mm -hmm. you know, in the way that they felt made the most sense for them. Perfect. Well, and there are so many community groups and leaders within that community with such a heart for environmental justice and for, um, you know, child welfare that um, I'm sure that they, you know, they're working hard on this issue and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, had a great system in place. So, you know, the alternative for some, I guess, is bottled water, but that's expensive. Um, Is that a viable option for Newark residents? 
it is expensive, and but it is at least one of the things that people can do on a short-term basis. Um, I mean, filters are kind of what we recommend because, um, you know, you don't have to go out and keep buying them. And, and so if you find the right kind of filter um, and have it installed properly and maintained properly, you know, that's a, a, a good option as well. But, um, you know, bottled water it is an option. Um, it's a Band-Aid. It's an expensive Band-Aid. Um, yeah. But really... You know, the the solution is that we want people who are paying to have clean water come out of their tap to actually have clean water come out of their tap. Um, and so it shouldn't be that the residents have to, you know, rely on buying bottled water themselves um, to deal with this. And so, um, you know, in Flint, we had asked for the city to provide free bottled water and distribution centers and things like that, and it wasn't perfect. But, um, you know, it is also um, something that, Newark should think about doing in addition to these filters. What a boon for those in the bottled water business, you know, that Mm -hmm. our water infrastructure is such that um, they can keep selling them even in the face of all the, you know, information about plastic pollution and the the low recycling rates for those bottles. Um, Wow. Just so many... Um, complications. Now, besides water filters and bottled water, what else can Newark residents do to deal with lead in their drinking water? What are some actions they can take? Um, Well, for those that haven't had their water tested yet, they could go get their water tested. Um, So there's a couple of options for that. Um, So the city has said that it's providing free water testing, and they have both a phone number and an email that people can call or email um, if they want Go ahead and give to us ask that. for yeah. testing. Okay, yeah, so the phone number is, it's 973-733-6303. And then the email is waterandsewer, all the whole words, at ci.newark.nj.us. But I will also mention that we've also heard stories about people asking for this water testing and have been waiting weeks and haven't heard from the city yet. So um, it's not a fail-safe. So as I mentioned, there's also this um, nonprofit group called Healthy Babies Bright Futures um, where I believe, you you know, you pay what you can um, and then they'll um, send you a water kit that you can then send back to them and have your water tested. So that's one of the things that, Newark residents who don't know what's in their water could do. Um, they can also check to see if they have lead service lines. Um, and so um, that would be, you know, going into the part of your house where your pipe is coming in, um, mm-hmm. and you can check that one and see if um, if it looks like it's copper or if it's, I don't know, PVC or if it um, is lead. And there's, like, little tests you could do, like, where you – take like a coin and like mm-hmm. scratch it and if you can scratch it that means it's soft enough that it's it could have lead in there mm. um so that's something else people can do um and then um you know the state has actually talked about like um they've mentioned flushing the pipes which is just let the tap run for a long time to mm-hmm. get it so that the water is not running it's not the water that's been sitting in the service line um we've we've said that if residents want to do that, they should run their taps for at least five minutes, which is a really long time to run, let wow. your water run. Um, yeah. But that's, that's how long you would have to do it to make sure it's not water that's been sitting in that lead service line, um, you know, and had time to kind of let the, let the lead flake off and, and get into the water. Wow. That's a lot longer than I've heard before. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And give us some idea about what percentage of Newark residents are serviced by lead lines and about what percentage have lead plumbing in their homes. I'm, I'm just trying to get my head around how, how big this problem is. What's the magnitude of the problem? Yeah, um, it's a great question. It's one that we don't know totally the answer to. I'm not even sure if Newark itself knows the answer. Um, and that's part of why we're in discovery is to figure all these numbers out. So we've heard a range of numbers for how many lead service lines there are, anywhere from 15,000 to 22,000, I think, have been all the estimates that we've gotten. Um, I've heard that maybe there's about 34,000 service lines altogether in Newark. So it's a large majority of it 
mm-hmm. based on kind of an unclear set of facts. Um, yeah. So, like I said, you know, we're trying to solidify these facts, but the city's really been pretty vague and pretty deliberately opaque about what's going on, like even with the filter program. Um, and so it's really unclear what is the shape and scope of all of this. Um, mm-hmm. But we're trying, to, we're trying to understand that better ourselves. Yeah. In order for the city of Newark to properly rectify this situation, how much money would it cost? Because Newark is not you know, Beverly Hills. Help us understand mm-hmm. the budgetary impact that this would have on the city. Yeah, so it's going to sound familiar. We don't have enough information about what they're doing. Uh, we don't know, you know, what they have planned. We don't know what it looks like, how long it's going to go, what the scope of it is. So it's really hard to say what the cost will be. Certainly, we're probably talking in the millions of dollars, Um and that's kind of another reason why we're in court is to figure out all these costs and what the commitments are going to be and how all of this is going to be funded. But what's important is that we don't want the funding for all of this to come on the backs of the people of Newark who are drinking the water. Um, so there's got to be a sensible way to deal with it. But until we have the answers through this discovery process and everything, it's, um, it's hard to say. Because I can imagine that, you know, the, the city officials are probably, you know, I mean, very concerned about this. They do not have mm-hmm. a huge um, <laughs> surplus. Um, you know, it, it's just not possible. And yet, um, there's got to be some way to address this because I, I am sure that, um, you know, this, the state is looking at ways to, to help as well. And so, it'll be very interesting. I want to have you come back on um when we know more, because, you know, the, the next question will be, well, once we know the budgetary impact, where do we find the funding and how mm-hmm. quickly can we get it deployed? Um, so, right. And you're yeah. right. It, it, you know, it's money that comes from the state. There are federal funds that um, are set aside for infrastructure type um, projects that are given out to the states. And so, you know, there's there's kind of like all sorts of places where we can um, ask for our policymakers to put more money into it so that um, it's not the customers who are paying for all of these improvements, but, you know, that it is the government is helping, um, helping you know, build up our infrastructure. Sure. Sure. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to give you the phone numbers and the emails that if you are a Newark resident that wants to get some information or get um, filters or what have you, get lead testing, we'll give all those to you again on the other side of this commercial break. So don't go away, folks. There's more Go Green Radio right after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Take a wild guess. How much garbage generated in the United States today is converted into energy? Is it 26%, 43%, or 14%? Working here and around the world to produce a reliable supply of clean, green energy, Covanta Energy works with communities to turn household trash into energy. Oh yeah, that question I asked earlier? Today, only 14% of U.S. garbage is converted to energy. Just 14%. Covanta alone processes half of that municipal solid waste into renewable energy for a cleaner world. For more information about Covanta Energy, visit us today at www.covantaenergy.com. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
You're listening to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Jill would love to hear your comments or questions on today's show, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Write to us, too. Save some trees and send us an email to gogreenradio at gmail.com. That's gogreenradio at gmail.com. Now back to Go Green Radio with your host, Jill Buck. Welcome back to Go Green Radio. So glad that you could all tune in. Uh, we have May Wu with us. She's a senior attorney with the Natural Resources Defense Council in our D.C. May, I want to give you one more chance to run through the telephone numbers and email addresses that people can use if they if they need lead testing, if they need water filters, if they uh, want to communicate with NRDC uh, on this issue, uh, if they're Newark residents. So please run through those again once more, please. Sure. So the number to the Newark um, city uh, to get free water testing is 973-733-6303, or you can send an email to them at waterandsewer at ci.newark.nj.us. Um, we've heard that people have had a lot of trouble getting filters and getting these tests. So if you are having trouble, um, to please call the NRDC hotline and let us know. Um, it's at 212-727-4641, or you can send us an email at safewater4newark, so safewater4newark, at nrdc.org. Um, and then the group that can provide um, lead testing kits um, for a small amount is the Healthy Babies Bright Futures group. Excellent. Thanks, May. Now, I just Mm -hmm. saw a New York Times article this week, and it included a quote from Mayor uh, Ross Baraka of Newark, and he says, uh, quote, in fact, Newark has some of the best drinking water. The problem is that our infrastructure is not safe. And if, if I'm understanding him correctly, I think he is saying that until the water hits the pipes, it's safe. But it's the pipes that are contaminating the water. Um, And you can tell me if that's a correct interpretation. But to the end user in Newark, I'm not sure that really matters, does it? I mean, does that relieve the city from its responsibility to provide safe drinking water if the water itself is, quote unquote, safe before it hits the pipes? <laughs> yes, that is. Um, I think you're understanding him correctly, um, which is he's trying to claim that they're treating the water and sending it into the pipes, and it's fine, and it's just the homeowner's problem because they have lead pipes or something like that. But the reality is, it's it is the city's responsibility to make sure that the water coming out of the tap is safe and doesn't contain high levels of lead. Um, and so it's pretty disingenuous of him to, to, to make this claim. Um, and really, it is Newark's problem that they aren't treating the water in a way to prevent the lead in this infrastructure um, from getting into the drinking water. I mean, all of that is still their responsibility. All of the you know, distribution system and the pipes and everything is the responsibility of the city. So by him kind of drawing a line at like the treatment plant is, um, is you know, pretty misrepresents like the, the situation. Um, so they, they do yeah. need to provide safe water to their, to their, um, to their citizens. And that has to be the water that come, comes out of the tap, not just comes out of the, comes out of the plant. Got it. Now, Go Green Radio is on an internet talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. So that means we actually have listeners all over the U.S. and around the world. I, I love getting emails from all over the place from our listeners, even... It's amazing how far away some of our listeners are. And I want to say hello to everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, And I am sure that many of our listeners are wondering if their local drinking water is safe. What advice do you have for them, May? What can they do? Um, So the first thing I would do is just check with your local water utility. They are required to do annual reports and let um, their customers know, like, the sampling that they've done and the results that they've gotten with them. So you should call or write or check in with the water utility. But um, 
you know, I wouldn't stop there. If if for if you have reasons to be concerned about lead or any other contaminants um, in your water, um, go get it tested. And so there are some utilities that will do it for free. I know, um, you know, where I live, they they also can do it for free. So see what your utility will do um, as far as testing for free. And if there is a particular reason why you should be more concerned, so you know, if it's lead because you have a lead service line and you have young children in the home or pregnant woman, something like that, you know, definitely take steps to get it tested and get a filter put on if if you have that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but there could be other things. You know, it's it, lead isn't the only thing that shows up in our drinking water. And so um, people who might live in, say, more agricultural area or have private wells might want to see if things like pesticides um, are showing up in their water. Or if you live, you know, in an area with a lot of industrial facilities, there might be more, you know, chemicals that come from, you know, factories that might be mm-hmm. showing up in the water. Um, so it's pretty you know, it can be very different um, depending on where you live, but I think just being a little more proactive and vigilant um, goes a long way. Absolutely. And, you know, we talk about this on Go Green Radio all the time, but for at least a generation, maybe more, the U.S. really has not put enough emphasis on our infrastructure. And it, that goes for water, energy, transportation. I mean, we have spent taxpayer dollars on a whole lot of other things besides keeping up these critical systems. You know, May, I'd love to get your perspective on what you think it's going to take to get policymakers at every level. And and I'm keeping in mind that in this particular story, we were talking about a city council, not Congress. This is local government. What's it going to take to get them to focus resources on infrastructure? Well, gosh, I hope it doesn't take another Newark and another Flint for other cities to do that. Um, I really hope that... Other um, other policymakers are seeing what's happening and realizing that they need to have that a little more foresight, a little more long-term planning um, mm-hmm. to deal with the infrastructure issues. And I think a lot of that's going to come from their constituents. Um, the problem with infrastructure is that it's one of those things that's out of sight, out of mind. And so until mm-hmm. there's a water main break and your water gets shut off or until there's a, you know, a road is falling apart or a bridge falls down, people don't really pay attention to infrastructure. It's not very sexy at all. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is, you know, constituents demanding of their policymakers at every level to say, you know, when you're planning, when you're doing your long-term asset management planning and things like that, to make sure that they are really paying attention to the infrastructure. And so I think demanding it before you have your next crisis is um, absolutely important. Well said, May, and I'm so glad that you made that point. Couldn't have made it better. And I'm really glad that you were able to join us. I'd love to have you back on as this story progresses to find out what's going on. Um, The NRDC does great work, and I appreciate you guys so much. I also appreciate our listeners who tune in every week. You guys are amazing, and I love to hear from you, whether it's an email or whether it's in tweets um, at, at Jill Buck. I love to hear from you. And we're going to be here same time, same place next week with more Go Green Radio. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week and do something in your life to go green. Did you get some terrific ideas from today's show? Please join us for more next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. It's Go Green Radio with Jill Buck here on Voice America. Go Green Radio is proudly sponsored by Covanta Energy, a leader in providing renewable energy solutions for a cleaner world. Visit www.covantaenergy.com for more information. We'll see you here next week.